in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bullyproofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, even an NUA analysis, here's the point. If you're no longer at the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. So we can help you take control of that, roll it out, whether it's into a tax-neutral IRA or split it off into the NUA. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Visit our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email, share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, James, today we're going to discuss risk, reward, and safe ways to get more from your retirement assets. Now, despite the solid link that exists between risk and reward, there are safe ways to improve that retirement income that you seek. They do exist. You just need to know where to look, maybe who to listen to, and why do you listen to them? Now, James, you just mentioned something like um, NUA. Can you kind of share more about what that acronym means? NUA is for Net Unrealized Appreciation. This is for people who have highly appreciated or at least appreciated stock, employee stock or uh, in their employer-sponsored plan. And when it comes time to splitting that off, instead of rolling it all into an IRA and paying ordinary tax rates upon distribution, you can take advantage of the capital gains tax rates, perhaps, by splitting off the appreciation from the cost basis. It's very much not only an investment decision, but a tax decision. So, for example, can you afford to pay the taxes on that right now, or is that something you want to do later? So just because you split that off doesn't mean you have to sell the underlying company stock. So those are all considerations, and it's going back to the adage of measure twice and cut once. So before you make that fateful, perhaps fateful decision of rolling into an IRA, take a look at least to see if the NUA is something that would be applicable to your situation. Okay, thank you for Expanding upon that, now, I would say that most people assume or believe there's a definite and unbreakable connection between investment risk and the reward, right? But when it comes down to the volatility that we'll experience as investors over the, you know, the long run, uh, the headwinds, if you will, it invokes more emotion than it does logic. Uh, it, it kind of, out of the inverse of greed, we start to become susceptible to fear. Well, the reality is, this, again, is an unbreakable connection. So it's just something you need to learn to live with, be coached through, be at the appropriate risk level, and accept as part of the investment journey. But there are more strategic ways to break it down, different products and asset classes and investments and strategies to use to make it more palatable and all the while uh, a successful journey too. Now, choosing a financial instrument, well, it helps that... Um, well, to provide greater potential for returns, you inevitably increase the degree that your money is going to be subjected to investment risk or even loss. Now, sadly, most investment losses, James, we see it so often um, with the reaction of folks, usually uh, 
I, I would say clients that become clients or prospects become clients from other investment firms where they determine there is a difference in approach and style and you know how we believe in balanced investment planning where you have some fully insured asset classes that are guaranteed against risk of loss you know based on the claims paying ability of an insurance company some alternatives to bonds and fixed income they're so beat up these days with increasing interest rates and a variety of strategies to engage and encapsulate returns relative or inverse to risk uh, appropriate and acceptable and um, uh, sustainable you know something you can sustain not that the loss is sustainable but you sustain and persevere to handle it in a balanced plan it's like having uh, all four of your wheels on the car that takes you down uh, the the investment road or highway having good shocks shock absorption in all the, the right ways so since we know there's risk involved you can go from little to no risk a little bit more risk maybe a little bit even more risk and that would be in essence a bucket planning approach where you're having your near-term emergency money much more conservative more stable more liquid and available you know lower yield low risk just there in case you need it more of a midterm bucket maybe a bucket that used to um, make more sacred and nail down the source of your income your gap income right if you're in retirement or heading there you'll have social security maybe pension that'll be some kind of foundational amount of monthly income versus your actual income need the difference between those two would be your income gap that must be solved through the use and deployment of other assets converted to cash because retirement's about cash flow uh, in the end so and when we target this second bucket to solve for income is a wonderful thing to do and it leaves kind of conceptually this third bucket of money that could be more long term no direct dependency on it at least not anytime soon to go do the right thing, the good fight over time, exchanging risk for reward, the kind of reward that can meet and exceed inflation and be prepared for that bucket to fall in line as needed for things that come up during life's journey, as well as also becoming an additional supplemental source of income and cash flow to continue to fill indefinitely, as in the rest of your forever, uh, the, the income needs that you have. So you can make risk tolerable by spreading it out conceptually and strategically within the context of a plan implemented, managed, and coaching you through the good, the bad, and the ugly of all the above. You can really do this, but it's not suggested you do it alone. I mean, even talented surgeons don't plop up on the operating table and say scalpel and then cut away at trying to solve for their, you know, whatever uh, uh, biologic issues, right? They entrust the skill of an additional, a supplemental, a coach, a surgeon, a doctor, someone else to help them with that procedure. The same should be viewed this way with your retirement. Doing it yourself, by the way, versus active management versus passive. Now, what's passive? Passive is using uh, indexes for just index-based returns over time. There's no management. You just own the whole market, and it's either really up or it's really down, and, and there's, there's just no, um, no cushion to that. It just is what it is. Active management applies a bias towards better and best versus less good and bad. So it's perpetually tilting and moving and rotating towards better asset classes, better markets, better components of markets, and better investments within those markets. You know what that does? That reduces, well, it reduces some of the downside during downside cycles in the market. It cushions it some. So it's less down compared to the market. And it can capture returns on the good side of the market in a better fashion over time. And your average rate of return over time can be less volatile, more palatable, and successful and targeted because we're using repeatable processes. You know, that helps. 
That's called strategy. And it's been proven that you, you have emotion involved in do-it-yourself investing. And uh, with um, the recovery time it takes from a down market to get recovered to where you were, takes much longer in passive investing. And if you f- have a, a tendency to fly to safety, you know, people who get scared in bad markets, what do they do? They run for the exit. And what do they typically do? Go into higher risk, higher return products or, or investments again? No. They go almost hide under a rock and get the greatest amount of safety for the greatest amount of low yielding return. And now they just box themselves in. Two bad things, maybe three of it just occurred in that instant, that bad decision. Number one, they're going to take a longer time to recover at a lower yield, regardless of how safe they are. It's going to take longer time for recovery. Number two, it will take at a lower yield the less likelihood of, of meeting and keeping pace with inflation, let alone having a money available to actually use to pay themselves back to use as cash flow. You know, when you're retired and you're using those investments, not only will they not keep up with inflation, they're going to head downward because your pressure of withdrawing against those funds too. And, and number three, you just, the, when you do finally rotate back into the market, when you sense the all clear has been given, you're a little late because most market recovery becomes, it comes in rapidly in very short periods of time. Once the recovery begins, a lot of people miss it. They don't get off the bench and back onto the field again to execute the play. And what that will mean also, if you're in passive investments, you run back to a market index, and we've already established that studies and research suggest and show that active management will do better in the recovery effort, you're going to miss the opportunity being in because someone else is driving it who knows what they're doing and doesn't react to emotion, gets you back in or remains in and actively engaged and managed in that market who will recover more quickly in the recovery process. Because how many years do you have to recover? We were having a public workshop the other night, James, and a question came up. Write this number down in your mind and then share it with us if you get a chance at a later time. But share it with your first, yourself first. Here's the question. How many years do you have to get back even off a market pullback? There's a market pullback out there right now. If you're down 20%, how long will it take you to get back that 20%? Well, you might find the answer in a, in a market index could be between 7 and 10 years. If you just wrote down a number in your mind that you're within 10 years from retirement, you just gave up that 10 years to have no positive growth from where you were, just enough to catch up. So I hope you're not actually retiring within that time frame. So risk and reward have connection, but there is a way to break that connection in such a way that you can succeed by deploying multiple strategies that, that this diminish the effect, the negative effect of risk while gaining the return you need over a longer period of time. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Mighty Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. 
Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Greg? Well, the reality between risk, reward, and safe ways to get more from your retirement assets is what we're discussing. And if you, um, if you watch the news and over the time, and actually there's all kinds of shows on this, um, you know, investor fraud, financial fraud, basically anytime you hear, most of the time you hear people getting taken advantage of and becoming targets of fraud or financial abuse, you know, it's typically because they wanted to believe there's something magical, some magical way, a silver bullet to get high returns with little to no risk. And unfortunately, that type of quote-unquote excellence, it doesn't exist in the world of investing. It's a reality-based concept, and you need to hit it with flat feet and, um, and, and just know that there is this relationship in risk and reward. You, you can take a, a simple children's story like um, Goldilocks and, and the three bears, the fairy tale. You remember how the, uh, the bears, they weren't home. Goldilocks kind of came in, invited herself in, uh, took the liberty of sampling all three bowls of the porridge in front of her. One was too hot, one too cold. The third one is just right, right? The three bowls of porridge. Well, if it's too hot relative to, say, investing, you've got so much risk that an ill-timed market crash could destroy your retirement security. If it's too cold, you go too far to the extreme of safety. That returns earned on the savings, well, it has little to no chance of keeping up with inflation, let alone supply your needs for cash flow too. So I properly balanced, and we believe in balanced financial planning, it balances out the level of risk, makes it appropriate for you, relationship to the potential reward, the average rate that you're seeking that will actually float your boat and, and help you complete the journey. Lifetime retirement income is uh, what you're going to need, right? You don't want to have to die early or die on time. You want your money to outlive you, not the other way around. Um, James, some thought-provoking questions. Yes, the thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. So for starters, and this is really where you kind of do some self-analysis, how do you consider yourself to be as an investor? Are you aggressive? Are you conservative? Are you somewhere in between, like either moderately aggressive, moderately conservative? And does your current portfolio actually align or reflect your risk tolerance? Now, we also hear sometimes tongue-in-cheek, perhaps, that, well, when the markets are doing great, don't you know I'm going to be aggressive? And when the markets are pulling back, well, don't you know I'm actually conservative? That's the old market timing there where you're somehow trying to time and say, well, I'm only going to be aggressive when the markets are doing well, and I'm only going to be conservative when the markets are not doing well. Sometimes that's a little bit of a problem because you wind up chasing returns instead of capturing the returns. Have you had your retirement portfolio stress tested? Yes, back in what it was 2008, 2009, when all the major banks were getting their stress tests, well, how about your individual retirement portfolio? Your individual might be the individual you, might be the collective you as far as your stress test is concerned. So once again, how will market losses, either a little bit or a lot, how will they impact your future retirement security? How will they affect future income when it comes to retirement? For those that are already retired, are you still investing today the same way with the same risk allocation as when you were still working? Is that still the proper way to invest? Does that still meet your goals and align with your objectives? At what rate will your savings or your investments need to grow so that you don't run out of money 
prior to, of course, running out of life? And do you really understand your current investments? That's to say, what do you own and why do you own it? What is your investment time frame? What's your investment horizon? What are your objectives? What's your primary objective? Is there a primary objective? In other words, is your first objective for future growth? Is it for current income? Is safety somewhere in between? You know, what is number one? What's number two? What's number three? How would maybe your future retirement lifestyle be impacted if you were able to significantly reduce not only the amount of risk, the fees that you're paying, but perhaps also the taxes that comes along with those growth items as well? Are your investments properly diversified? That means not only amongst different asset classes, but also the tax status of these accounts. So when the government says things like qualified versus non-qualified, qualified typically means IRAs, or if your workplace plans, it's your 401ks, your 403bs. Non-qualified may be what we think of more as a regular brokerage account where it's not tied into an IRA. So one of the benefits of a non-qualified account is you have at least the potential of the capital gains tax rates, which are almost always, without exception, better than ordinary tax rates. Now, the one exception would be if your tax rate is zero, then guess what? Zero equals zero. So that's the tie in that situation. Do you carefully read the prospectus? This is a trick question because no one hardly ever reads these things. How about did you read the prospectus for the mutual funds, the variable annuities, the other securities before you actually invested? And would it be wise perhaps to get a second opinion on the health of your wealth regarding your investments and also your retirement plans? You know, I've, I've found that the prospectus is one of the best sources of starting a fire in the backyard uh, versus most anything else I use. Anyway, you, you mentioned a lot of things here, a lot of questions. Investment portfolio versus risk. Please reach out to us. Call us. Um, email us. Come see us. We will provide you a complimentary financial plan. Okay, We'll, we'll perform a, a PAR, Portfolio Analysis Review, provide a report that shows the inside out of everything you're holding, is it in line with your risk? Is it in line with your goals? We'll provide the, the cash flow you need. Is the redundancy and, and uh, inefficiency and things that are just costing you too much and is a lag factor to the success of your investments actually increasing your risk and lowering your return? We really need to take a look at that. Again, it's complimentary. Have everything to gain. How about uh, our comma, the color of money? Um, well, actually just determining bottom line by color of money, what you have invested what your risk is, and if it aligns. That risk analysis, it's 11 questions, but it will show where you're at, and we'll reposition and show you recommendations. won't hold anything back. We'll tell you exactly what we think you ought to do, and you can decide, too, if you'd like to become a client or not. Okay, It's, it's something we're willing to invest in you and do, complimentary, all the way up to the point. It's like, well, here's what we'd recommend. Here's how we would do it. Are you in? Here's what it costs. Uh, total disclosure, complete and transparent disclosure. And you'll see relative uh, our cost to your cost that you're not even aware of because you have a fee cost somewhere and you have internal uh, spreads, fees, margins, and loads that are additional costs that are kind of hidden to you. You stir those together, you get what's known as total cost of ownership of investing. That's the real number. Then you compare it to our number, you'll be well pleased. And James, you mentioned a variable annuity, other forms of prospectus people might read and probably don't. We're worried about you if you do, really. There's a lot of fine print on the back of your statements, too. Do you ever get busy and bored and want to read? That's some stuff to read. It'll say things like every reasonable attempt has been made to accurately price the securities listed on this statement, but we neither warrant nor guarantee the accuracy thereof. How do you like that? That basically says you can't really believe anything, but 
the science fiction involved in some of your statements out there by non-fiduciaries. Okay, we're financial fiduciaries. We put your interest first. It matters. There's a difference. But if you have a variable annuity, I would suggest you just come on in. Let us analyze it. We'll show you a full report, and you can just walk out the door with it. But you'll be moved by it. You'll be surprised by it. And if you're expecting to rely on some of these products for the stability and security of your financial future, you can't get this analysis done quickly enough. You probably got it from a bank, the registered rep, brokerage firm. You didn't get it from a financial fiduciary. They don't have, by law, your interest first. And what you'll very likely find uh, is 3 to 5% internal loads over the rest of your forever. And you'll have those costs until you either die or fire these people who layer in those types of costs. That's like splitting half of your retirement growth over the rest of your forever. That's not a fair trade-off. And the sooner you get the opportunity to recognize that, I, I assure you, the better. So a lot of things to consider there. And, you know, that's just beyond. Now, all that is legal. What Wall Street does to people, it's legal. It's not right. Once you determine and see a difference, you'll say, well, that's not right. Well, we would agree. But it is unfortunately legal. Okay, just the different standards, all it is. And just knowing the difference. Knowledge is power, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be a Ponzi scheme or anything for you still to be disadvantaged um, longitudinally over what you deserve for the risk you take and the reward you need to succeed. So I, I call it not even Ponzi scheme. James, it reminds me of a Fonzi scheme. You know, remember the Fonz? He was, uh, he was never able to say he was r- 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 wrong. So you can fall susceptible to the Fonzi scheme too if you don't watch out. James? Well, the reminder just to wrap this up is that understand that there's always some type of a link and a, maybe a connection between risk and reward. And that's really the first lesson for avoiding financial catastrophes is there is a link. It's a connection. And you need to know the risk before you make that particular decision or commitment. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients, not companies. And it really does all start with the plan. That means actually having a plan, knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment planning, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, Social Security Maximization, a Roth Conversion Analysis, NUA Analysis, and for some, perhaps even an in-service rollover, all those and more we can help, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com, email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com, and our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence, y'all. You know, James, we've been kind of um, knocking and, and kind of punching back and forth here on this subject of risk and reward and how it's tied together and uh, the higher reward, the higher risk. But there are some exceptions. You can find kind of Goldilocks, um, the porridge that's right for you because every situation is different. So if your objective is more growth over time versus income or hybrid of income and growth, dialing in on the right mix of things is is everything. Um, For example, if you're trying to increase 1% or 2% additional in returns each year, that can make a huge difference on the uh, reliability, productivity, and, and longevity of your portfolio, 
right? It'll take an increase of some risk, perhaps, or dialing in on the best instrument for the objective or job description. Or if you're looking for emphasis on income, you know, we in a public um, workshop that we do, and, and by the way, give us a call, uh, 513-575-9654, 575-9654, and just ask when our next public workshop is. It's a dinner workshop, dinner's on us, an evening of food, fun, and finance, and we'll get you uh, signed up for, um, you know, if it's, if it's a good fit and it works for you and, and you're looking for this type of uh, service and have a need, you're looking for a comparison and evaluation and kind of a reset, we're, we're your team. We're the Sound Money team. But call our office and we'll see about getting you in one of our um, public seminars coming up. But one of the things that comes up in the seminar is just Morningstar had a report years ago that said, and it kind of evolved to the rule of 4%. The 4% rule on, say, um, $750,000, you'd be 30000 a year. If you needed 30000 a year from your investment to give you income, then it, you know, it would take at least $750,000 at 4%. But unfortunately, in the 2000s, there was a um, kind of a revision of that. It's now no longer the 4% rule. It's 2.8 is what Wall Street now presents as the number you can rely upon. A lot of you out there are still working off the 4% concept. You'll just take 4% of your investments as income each year and just live a happy life. Well, it's actually 2.8. So you don't need 750000 You need over $1.2 to equate to about the same range of income. But what you need to know, there are products that provide the purpose and the objective of income, not necessarily growth, income on a guaranteed basis like a Social Security check or a pension check, guaranteed income for you and your significant other for the rest of your lives. And you know how much a product like that would need to be funded? We have an illustration of one that will guarantee that if you'll invest about $555,000, it will get you the same $30,000 a year guaranteed that used to take $750,000 at 4%, or today's number, well over a million at 2.8%. So there's another example for you. Based on purpose of money, your objective, what is the best fit? Well, if you want guaranteed income, it might be a fully insured product that just uses just enough efficient resources from your retirement nest egg to actually achieve that specific purpose. So that income plus your Social Security and other sources gives you the cash flow you need through retirement. And, hey, if you did have $750,000 or a million and you only just used five hundred and fifty dollars for the purpose of income – you still have anywhere from another two hundred fifty to $500,000 to invest, which you could theoretically take a little more risk. It's longer term. You don't have dependency on it near term for income because you already sold for income. Just examples. There's, there are better ways to do it than Wall Street. Does that surprise you at all? And we need to look at safe ways to have more by, by the concept to just commit to the longer term. It is the long term, right? You want your retirement to last as long as you do. So that's, that's long term. Lord willing, it'll be a very long time, long term speaking. So the longer term you have involvement in some of the instruments that are fixed or guaranteed, yeah, it's true. You may give up some growth, but you pick up certainty and guarantees because as we talked about, sometimes it takes a lot more going up to overcome going down. So do you, how much of the upside do you need if you don't ever have a downside on some part of your money? What part? The part that you want guarantees on. What part? The one that you want guaranteed income for. What part? The part of your money, the half of your money even that you don't want to lose or be exposed to market risk. So whether it's a CD, we have some CD annuity type rates, five years, 4.62%. Maybe it's slipped a little higher. We'd have to check. But those are competitive compared to banks. If you're out there as a CD shopper, just make a U-turn 
right now, come to our office, one of our offices, give us a call, and we can get you a better, it's generally a better return for three to five years commitment for your money than some CD product and more tax favor too because it's tax deferred. There are a lot of choices. If you're open to looking for real solutions and not just doing what the Joneses do, no offense to the Joneses, I'm a Brown, there's some Smiths around here soon too. Well, just the thought on that is it's like a hierarchy of who pays the least to pay maybe a little bit more than the least. So on the totem pole of who pays the least, it's the banks. If you're looking at the people out there doing CD rate shopping, the banks will be at the bottom of that totem pole. Now, a little bit above that would be the credit unions, perhaps the savings and loans, but credit unions in general is what you see today. So they will pay a little bit better than a bank, but still not that much. And then a step above that would be the insurance company. Those are the short-term annuities. That's what Greg was referring to. So almost without exception, you will find that the insurance companies, the short-term annuities, will pay better than any bank will when it comes to these interest rates. Very true. And there's no brokerage account out there that will provide you guaranteed income for life. There's no CD out there that will do the same. Fully insured investment, the suite of those, start to give you those options. Make sure you get it from a fiduciary advisor, though, and not an insurance agent, because you need the most benefit for the dollars involved, not the highest commissions paid to a third party. Just some thoughts. We talked about investment objective. We talked about sometimes you make longer-term commitment with yourself and your plan. What are some other ways to be more efficient, James? Well, another way perhaps to be more efficient is to look at your taxes and be more tax-wise when it comes to uh, everything. That just means when your cost of money is inclusive of taxes. This is the gross versus the net. So if you have 100000 of income, but you also have overall between federal, state, local, and overall 25% tax hit, that means you really only have 75000 of, oh, I'd say, income or purchasing power on that $100,000. So one way perhaps of increasing your efficiency is to increase those contributions to your workplace plan, increase your contributions to IRAs if that's an option for you. And just in general, to be more tax efficient means that if you can reduce by even 1% to 5%, then you're talking about a on $100,000, a $5,000 per year savings or $5,000 more in your pocket versus Uncle Sam's pocket. That makes a big difference over time. If you can save anywhere up to 5% on a year-to-year basis, think about what that's going to look like over 10, 20, or even 30 years. So being tax efficient or tax wise is a very underrated way and also a safe way of having and keeping more. Yeah. Any way you look at it, in retirement, you're on a fixed income. Albeit some folks are a little less fixed than others, right? But um, at the end of the day, any amount you can save in efficiency, whether it be tax or other areas, including next area, investment fees, the more you have in your wallet and your purse for your purposes and less depletion of your investable resources over time. Well, just to pick on the word safe for just a moment, you know, this is where we start talking about the difference between insurance versus assurance. Are you being safe or are you being safer? And I know it's, it's maybe picking a nit at this point, but when you say, well, is there an absolute guarantee that I cannot and will not lose money? Well, if you're in a market-based account, there is never a guarantee that you cannot or will not lose money. If you're in an insured product, an annuity, for example, there is a level of guarantee. And again, based on the claims paying ability of the insurance company, but we are also talking about billion-dollar insurance companies. So that's really the difference between true insurance versus assurance when it comes to is it safe or at least safer. And there are many ways to mitigate 
and make safer your market-based investments. And yes, we do have those strategies available for our clients. So investment fees, another area. Now, I want you to seriously look at this as total cost of investing and not just investment fees because the consumer investor's eyes are typically taken off the ball and onto the bat or the mitt or the birds flying or the grass growing or the ants in the anthill. You've seen that in center field when the balls hit that direction and, and the kid involved is actually looking at their feet, playing through shoestrings and missed the ball. This can happen to investors too because you can look at something like an advisory fee and think, uh, company A is less expensive than B because the advisory fee is lower. And you could miss the ball coming at you because the real ball that you need to focus on and catch in that mitt is the concept total cost of investing, which includes all of the things invested in internal fees, spreads, margins, and loads, plus advisory fee equals total cost. Okay, very important. Because if you need a 3% withdrawal rate, say on a million dollars to have 30000 a year, well, suddenly... You're going to need, um, if you have a 3% cost, and some of these variable annuities, as an example, have a 3 to 5% annual cost. So if you're withdrawing 3% and the product that you're in is costing 3%, you are literally splitting your retirement, nest egg, and income, and production, and fruit with a third party. The losers are you eventually and or your beneficiaries and heirs. There's more. There's much more. Our funder about the Alpha is 513-575-9654. Call us so we can help. But stay tuned, you're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Worth, and we are an independent RIA. That's a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our home office is in Milford, but we also have locations in Blue Ash, Westchester, and Florence. Well, as we continue with this relationship between risk and reward and safer ways to invest to get your objectives met, that average rate of return you need, the ability to meet and exceed inflation, plus support the drawdown to provide the cash flow that you need throughout retirement. You know, one of the fundamental sources of cash flow in retirement is Social Security, James. Yes, and there are ways to maximize or to have individual versus collective benefits when it comes to Social Security. So just because you feel like you want to turn it on doesn't mean that you should turn it on. And perhaps there are do-over decisions in case you are within the first year of having made that decision to then go back and do things all over again when it comes to claiming your Social Security benefits. So for starters, when it comes to the average versus the optimal, average benefit is about $1,500 a month, and that's about half of what the maximum possible benefit could be or should be who turns this benefit on at their full retirement age. Now, for retirement age, could be anywhere from, say, 66 to 67 for pretty much everyone out there today, and at the same time, if you turn it on as early as possible, which is age 62, you're looking at a 25 to 30% haircut. That's a permanent haircut of what your benefit would otherwise look like. And yes, you can wait all the way up until age 70 to turn this on. And there is an 8% step up and also an 8% step down if you look at the other direction as far as the annual increase versus decrease of your benefits. And then the other part, and this is where the maximization comes in, is when you look at, well, 
Is it just the individual you or is it the collective you when it comes to filing and then maximizing your benefits? Maximizing your family benefits, maximizing your spousal benefits, maximizing your dependent benefits. That might be your parents, might be your children. There's so many different things that go into this. And also for the spouses out there, there's also, in many cases, ex-spouse benefits. So you know, it comes back to optimizing your benefits. And if you can get over your lifetime, let's just say ten to $50,000 more out of this program, that means that's ten to $50,000 that you don't have to take out of your nest egg to then pay for and fund your retirement, whether that's your individual retirement or your collective retirement. Yeah, and expand that over um, you know, time value of money in 20 to 30 years of what is the average now based on life expectancy years in retirement. So you know, some of the topics we just kind of skimmed a stone across the old farm pond with was um, investment expense. Come on in, complimentary basis, we'll do an assessment of your external, internal, total cost of ownership of your current investments so you know the cost, the drag factor. Or if it's all good and it hits normal parameters and you get the, the green light, well, you ought to know that too. You know, what needs fixed, what's fine, what needs um, slightly adjusted. Uh, you know, you just need to know these things. The other area was uh, with Social Security maximization and lump sum pension versus payouts versus a hybrid and combination if you're facing a company buyout and there's that uh, highly appreciable or company stock in your 401k needs dealt with, take advantage of these opportunities for us to assess where you're at, give you the reports so you can make good actionable decision based on good information. So we'll, we'll certainly help with that too. And then a tax review. We do taxes for clients, tax advisory, tax preparation. Come on in for a found money report. We'll go through your tax return make suggestions on efficiencies, improvements, um, or give it the, again, the quality check that you're, you know, all's, all's well. You need to know these things. It all matters as you continue to hear. Um, efficiency adds value to your investments over time, less depletion, more emphasis on other sources of income by maximizing Social Security, lump sum pensions, whatever you're dealing with, we will help you. Even how to resolve issues with the business. You might have self-employed business, small businesses, um, transitioning legacy, legacy decisions. How do you end well? Do you want to leave most of your state to Uncle Sam or Little Sam, your number one beneficiary when you thought you had two kids and neither of them were named Sam? We want to help you avoid those things. And then how to be coached through the ups and downs of markets. Market corrections, turning lemons into lemonade. You know, stock market corrections, unfortunately, they're a fact of life. And, hey, it'd be great if the markets constantly moved up, like, you know, walking up a flight of stairs. You just go up, up, up to a new level. It's all good. But, of course, the financial markets move more like, what, a roller coaster. You know, Kings Island. Actually, we're blessed to have one of the best parks in the nation, at least one of them. And um, if you're familiar with the roller coasters, you get to choose of about, what do they have, like seven of them? Well, the beast versus the baby beast, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. One of those might be right for you. If you live in a world where you, have to, you must ride a roller coaster, and in the financial world we live in, you're going you're gonna to ride one. You just get to pick which one. And then we get to help you analyze which one's best that'll get you where you want to be, where get you around back to the station again with a smile on your face to say, do it again. It was good. Some people can tolerate some rides that others can't, right? Same here. We'll coach you through it. Uh, while the ride can be enjoyable, um, it's painful when the direction of the market's down. Just like losing your stomach, depending on how far the dip is or you know the drop is on some of these rides. It's either right for you or not. But if you know that the reward's worth the experience, of that risk, it gets you through. And again, you'll find yourself after a couple of 
gyrations of the market over time, being a seasoned investor, that you know it works out, the capital markets are efficient. Ultimately, if you're in the right position amongst them, you want to just get back on or ask the attendant, can I just stay on and just send me around again? You don't have much of a line anyway, right? You ever been there? Keep your portfolio well diversified. Don't expose to too much your retirement savings to market risk or inappropriate risk. Allocate an appropriate portion of your savings and investments to safer, less volatile financial instruments. Okay, A blend with an eye on the objective, an eye towards job description and purpose of money. Not the purpose for Wall Street or the bank or the investment brokerage firm, but your purpose, and we'll help you achieve that. Well, and here's another strategy when it comes to how do you take advantage perhaps of a market pullback is look at potentially doing a Roth conversion. Now, where this could be of a benefit is if you conceptually had, let's just say, $100,000 in your traditional IRA, now after a 20% market correction, it's at $80,000. Well, then look at the cost of converting $80,000 versus $100,000 to a Roth. Now, that's, that's under the assumption that you're going to do like swallow the camel all in one bite. Usually when it comes to the Roth conversion analysis, it's a balancing act of how much can you pay in current taxes versus what does that look like if you convert now versus later, either in part or in full. Something else it also helps with as far as doing the Roth conversion is when it comes to those RMD years. RMD is the required minimum distribution. For IRA owners, it's age 72 and above. If you have a Roth IRA, there is no RMD. There's no requirement to to distribute your Roth account. Now, that's different if you have a 401k or some type of employer-sponsored plan. But for Roth IRAs, the original owner, there is no required distribution. So when you get the government out of your business, it tends to be where you win if that's the case. Greg, what's next? Just thinking kind of along the same lines. Um, Major concern, really not knowing the future tax rates and how they apply to future withdrawals from your investment buckets that are really more part of Uncle Sam's plan than yours, right? Not knowing future tax rates. Some of your investment dollars are in tax-deferred buckets. James just gave an option to try to get out of those into a tax-free state of of being. But if you're stuck in the tax-deferred, never-been-taxed-before buckets of money like IRAs or 401ks rolled to IRAs, and that's where most of your money resides and stays, then someday when you take out some money from that account, my goodness, you might take out a dollar and look down and you have 50 cents because it's been hit right off the top with the 50% state, federal tax, combinations, taxes, whatever they are, leaving you 50 cents on the dollar. So what's your solution then if you needed the dollar? You have to go take more like, you know, simple math, let's just say a buck 50 to end up with the dollar that you needed to begin with. Now, will that accelerate your depletion of your investment resources and potentially put you back on that collision course of outliving your money? It could. And we need to know that now. We need to go about 15, 20 years in the future, take a look around, make some careful notes, then run back to the present and get started doing something about it so you can project and traject differently. So when you finally get 15 years, 20 years in the future, you think, wow, this is nice because you had the foresight and the fortitude to make a difference now. So the old old call to action, um, why do today what you can do tomorrow? Because it could cost you a whole lot more and maybe too much. So understanding how tax breaks work, how taxes work, how the money is in relationship that you have investment dollars in taxes, how to reduce tax load, be more tax efficient, how to have more capital gains taking long-term versus short-term so it's not taxed like income, meaning lower rates. There's so much that we can help you with. 
Yes. Now, be careful with the Ross conversion, especially for the do-it-yourselfers out there, because it could result in the need for or the uh, tax withholdings as far as putting you into a higher tax bracket. Tax deductions and different credits will phase out. Social Security becomes more heavily taxable. Medicare premiums could perhaps double or even triple. There's so much more to this. Our phone number at the office is 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. Now, on behalf of Greg, myself, James, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.